Hey, welcome to the Monkey House Primates. So, thanks so much. I've asked around here to quickly uh, let you all know that we're in Sydney. We're about to be in Brisbane. So uh, very quick stop in Sydney. We're just here for a few nights. So come and see us. And then what are we doing? We're going up to Brisbane. We're going to do a Who Knew It with Matt Stewart at Good Chat. And we're also doing a couple of Dryer Dryers, our comedy festival show. It's the last run of the whole tour. So come on down, Brisbane. That's right. And in Sydney, we're at the Manning Bar and at the Chippo for the Who Knew It. Really pumped up. Hopefully see you all there. Uh, now on with the show. Ook, ook. What is that what the monkey say? Yeah, ooga cha cha. <laughs> Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is plush care. Plush care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. This podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network. Visit planetbroadcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates. Welcome to Primates, the podcast where we explore primates and popular culture from chimpanzee all the way down to chimpanzee. This week on the show, we have a very special guest joining us in the Monkey House via satellite link. First time that's ever happened. It's the program director of the North American Primate Sanctuary Alliance, Erica Flory. I should have probably checked out how to pronounce your surname first. You did it perfectly. I say flurry. You just gave it a little bit of a twist, but it sounded lovely. That's the accent. They don't have a lot of French names in Australia. Uh, uh, merci beaucoup. You know, I, I speak a little, so. Très bien. Uh, we. Oui. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not French for the record. Okay, great. Yeah, I, did, I thought your accent was a little off. Whereabouts are you? You're in a, in the United States? I am. I'm in Los Angeles, California. Uh, La La Land. Yeah. Uh, the, the big... What do you, what's the nickname there? It's not the I Big Apple. Know. It's, it's no. the, uh, the the Sunshine State. It's the. It is the Sunshine State, but I don't know what L- the Golden. I don't know. Is it the? I really don't know. I've only lived here for about three years. So three of I'm right. not an expert. You're pretty Hollywood. I can tell it sort of seeped in. Um, very glam. Very glam. Yeah, yeah, that's you know. coming through big time. Yeah. <laughs> so you 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 work for Napsa. I do. And I do, which is also very glam. A very. <laughs> yeah. Very fancy job I have, yeah. I mean, Hollywood star. Do you have any Hollywood stars who've got involved? Um, certainly with some of the member sanctuaries. So, NAPSA is a coalition of nine primate sanctuaries in North America. There's one in Canada, and the rest are in the United States. And um, some of them do have celebrity supporters. Um, one of the most recent ones that come to mind is uh, Project Chimps. They're a sanctuary in Georgia. And they have chimpanzees. And uh, some of their celebrity supporters include Rachel Ray, who built them a kitchen. <laughs> and it's right. very, very beautiful. Yeah. Uh, pretty rare for a primate sanctuary, which tend to be sort of, um, you know, homegrown and low budget. But uh, this place it has a lovely facility, thanks to Rachel Ray. Um, Rachel Ray. Also, to, yeah. uh, remind me who Rachel Ray is again. She's a TV star. She is. She was a um, celebrity chef on the Food Network, which, you know, um, it's occurring to me now. You may not have that show by you. Uh, look, um, I, 
we we get a lot of American stuff. I don't know if I'm, I've definitely heard of Rachel Ray. She's a big she's big time, obviously. She she has a talk show here in the states, um, but I know some other celebrities that support that sanctuary include uh, Billy Joe Armstrong from Green Day and his wife, yeah, Adrian right. Armstrong. You know Green Day. I know Green. I've seen Green Day play. Oh, you're cooler than me then. Is that cool? Green Day is cool. That is. All right. I think it's cool, but I'm also much older than you. So. Right. Well, I mean, it's all about the standard you set. But yeah, I, I'm sure some people listening will definitely think I'm very cool now, having they seen will, Green Day. Yeah. Including Billy Joe Armstrong. Yeah. Yeah. He, I'm sure he listens. <laughs> and he loves chimps, apparently. So he, he might listen anyway. Yeah. Who doesn't love uh, chimps? That's true. Yeah. That's true. I thought that was um, a good point. I know They're, that's chimps are how I got into all this because I started reading books on chimpanzee language studies from, you know, the 1970s right. uh, and on. And it's fascinating what they can do. The 70s, that was a different time. Things I imagine the standards of, of chimp welfare were different in the 70s. Very, very different. And I mean, from what I know now, I wouldn't look so... I wouldn't look upon those studies with such high regard, right. <laughs> but, uh, but they, for the time they were normal and, and, you know, there was a lot of chimpanzees being raised as almost like human children in a human home, um, so that the, the humans could study their, their language, uh, capabilities and how quickly they can learn sign language. Um, they even tried to see how chimpanzees could speak and it did not go so well as you might imagine. Right. <laughs> Um, so that's what got me started because I thought the language capabilities were so fascinating and then it sort of snowballed from there and, you know, as you know, you're, you're a primate fan, right? Yeah. Well, I'm an amateur primatologist. Um, well, that's so. how I started too. I mean, you, the more you learn about these creatures, they're just so fascinating and smart and complex and, and do, yet so different too. Do you think just only you haven't spoken to me for a few minutes, do you think I have what it takes to go pro in the primatologist world? I, I think you have the passion for sure. Well, okay. That feels like you're being you're polite. Comedian. No, no, no. Do you want to just abandon your comedy career? Maybe. That seems like a step. <laughs> I reckon I could. Well, okay, maybe. But um, uh, I think I can go right. all the way. I reckon I could take this to the top. I have to say, a lot of the people I know who work in sanctuaries, you know, had a career shift. So if they did it, you can do it. Okay. That, that makes I'll, me feel pretty you. good. Yeah? I'll hook you up. Yeah, yeah. I, I got, got connections. connections. All right, great. <laughs> This is good. Now we're, we're networking. Now you like me because I can, you know, get you a new career. <laughs> yeah. Before, it was. did you feel it? It was a bit chilly early. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. You, I'm warming yeah, to you I, now. Now that I know well, what you good. can get for me. It could be a long hour otherwise. Yeah. You know? I'm often asking myself, okay, this is all great, but what's in it for me? I had a feeling that was the whole point of this podcast <laughs> is really for you to advance your, you know career as a primatologist. Yeah. I am, you know, I'm following the, the classic path. It's a well-trodden yes. path. Of, uh, yes. It's pod- how it's gone on for centuries. Yeah. Comedy podcasts, step one, obviously. That's what Jane, yeah, Jane Goodall started that way too. She did. Yeah. She was one of the first podcasters, mm. which is interesting. Yes. Out of Africa. Yes. A, a lot of people do not know that. So started <laughs> off with I'm a very here. fun fact. I'm uh, here to share these facts with you. The NAPSA website. Uh, yes. it says, it's got the mission statement right up the top. It says to advance and advocate for the welfare of captive primates. Is that, mm-hmm. That's in a nutshell what you're all about. For sure. For sure. Um, we, the organization started as a way to unite the primate sanctuary community because they were all sort of working on the same issues, but separately. And they realized they would be stronger if they 
united and, and pooled their resources and spoke as a group. Um, so NAPSA was formed, and then we've since realized that our voice is best used to advocate for the welfare of captive primates and, and wild primates too, of course. Um, but our, in our specialty is captive primates, because that's the real issue in the United States, at least. Um, and so we use our voice for those who have none, and we try to educate the public and educate the media about the proper treatment of primates and their representation, which, you know, through your podcast can, has varied so much throughout the, the past few decades, even. Yes. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's very much a changing, uh, industry. We see a kind of a, a strong line in the pre nine 11 post nine 11. There's like a, before that there was a lot of on-screen chimps. And in the mm -hmm. in the recent, I guess it's you know the the last almost twenty years, it's been much more likely to be uh, CGI chimps on yes. screen. Is that is that yes. in part because of the work you do? Uh, I would like to think so, but NAPS has only been around since two thousand ten. Uh, but due to the work of my coworkers and predecessors, absolutely. Right. Um, so it's not. Is, is it in part as well because uh, chimps aren't the best actors, and Andy Circus does a better job. Yes, that's true. In some yes. ways, because I, I feel like there's there's something in part. It's it's like oh, this is good. Uh, humans are taking the jobs of chimps, but then also humans are now taking the jobs of chimps. Well, and I think chimps would be okay with that. Okay. Um, for, <laughs> they tell me that it's okay well, with you, them. Well, so. you you studied the communication, so I I, I, I <laughs> well, believe I, you. <laughs> right, right. I'm <laughs> sure. <laughs> You know, let's when, just put it that way. I'll, I'll, I went to do some radio on Napsa before uh, before talking to you, and uh, you—I don't know if you, how you'll feel about this, but the the top Google result for Napsa <laughs> here is the National Australian Pharmacy Students Association. So I you did got, not know that. Well, you've got some strong Napsa competition down under. They're, oh my! Well, Brand recognition is important. What do we do about that? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. I think it's something about you got to talk to some guy who like types in on his computer what do they call it seo you got to get your seo yeah. results up i do in in australia in particular <laughs> yeah well or, this is a or, market i'm unfamiliar with i mean you could <laughs> if you want i could do you a favor you know that whole you're going to help me out maybe i'll help you out scratching each other's back much like a chimp okay. would do I'll, that does sound like grooming yes yeah i'll go in and i'll i'll take them down from the inside somehow i'll join the national yes. australian pharmacy students association and i'll okay, just another change yeah i'll tell them hey the internet's passe let's look yeah. at new media even newer new media right mm -hmm. and i'll get them to take down the website are you going to invent the new media as well yeah well i mean it doesn't have to be real I and mean, i just have okay. to convince the national australian pharmacy students association that it's real because uh, i go, if i come clean to you now i don't even care about the national australian pharmacy students association at all if i right, care about not a priority not for me no. If I, you know, if I had one NAPSA that I could look after, it, it <laughs> would not be them. Okay. Well, so Yeah. No, I mean, this sounds like a very simple procedure. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. I'm glad I'd, you understand. I do. I do. And I, I appreciate your de dedication to yeah. my cause and <laughs> our cause. Yeah. I, I think it's. It's a joint effort. I appreciate you saying so. Now, yeah, and I mean, you know, pharmaceuticals aren't that important anyway. So, well, I mean, how much damage have pharmaceutical testing have done on chimps in the past? Some, I'd yes. say. Yes, yes, quite a bit. If not more than that, quite a bit. Well, there you go. No, so I mean, your podcast is about primates. You have to do what's best for them. Yep, and that's what you. Not that's so you. I, I watched a video. You were talking to CNN in Australia. 
uh, via satellite link. You must spend a lot of your time via satellite link. Uh, I really don't. I mean, I wish I did more just because it's a thrill and it helps get our message out. But um, Right now you're was, bouncing off uh, from outer space back down here into Melbourne. Into the future even. You're, yeah. you're in Wednesday. That's right, yeah. I, it's Tuesday by me, so this is really crazy. Well, yeah. I'll, I can tell you a lot about what's happening here. You uh, should. Nearly no one has chimps as pets in Australia. Wow. Which is a, <laughs> something I found fascinating about America is it sounds like that's not uncommon. <laughs> it's it's getting increasingly less common, but um, it's it's a problem still for sure. And you know the reason is that there's no federal law in the U.S. about the ownership of primates. Right. So different states have different laws, but they can vary wildly. And some states permit no primates at all, which is great. Some states are very lax, and that's that's where we have a lot of issues. What are the what's the laxest state? I bet it's North um, Dakota. Am I right? One of the, no, one of them is um North Carolina. North Carolina? What? Yes. Did yes. you know North Carolina's where Michael Jordan played college basketball? I didn't. Yeah. That's where he that's I, where he came up. And he wore his North Carolina basketball shorts under his Chicago Bulls shorts throughout his career. Changing basketball fashion forever now everyone wears big shorts because he had to wear bigger shorts to fit over the top of his smaller north carolina shorts that's a fun fact i am learning so much yeah that's a now, bit of a is side this from note. Your, your michael jack michael jordan podcast that is also a project for you i'm sure yes i yeah hmm. i have uh, i've done a lot of research into i actually have done an episode of a podcast about michael jordan's biography oh. but still that's ah, that's by okay, the by so- He's a. Yes. He's obviously the goat. Where do you stand on that, LeBron versus Jordan? Oh, I am is, not. The is that one in to your expertise? No, it is. It is far from it. Right. Okay. Well, interesting. No. I thought you might no. sit on the fence. So, I well. What's the Napsa no, really, official position? Who is well, the goat? Well, neither of them, neither LeBron or Michael Jordan, has done anything that I know of to harm primates. Okay. You know, they, they've never had a pet or said they wanted one, so I don't have any beef with either of them. I think they're both pretty good people, I think. I don't know really anything about them too much, but they both seem to be very good at basketball. Yes, they are. And if you, yes. you know, if I know anything about people, it's their personality uh, it sort of corresponds with basketball <laughs> talent. <laughs> That's something I've learned <laughs> over the years. If I ever, if I've, I've ever sort of like, Want to get to know someone as a friend before I take it too far? I'll say, all right, one on one, let's take it to the court and and then we'll talk some more, right? Mm, and sometimes this does not friendship... bode well for me. Yeah, right. No. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm sorry, we might have to end right now. Then. Well, I mean, you really you you could have lied. It's very hard to play one on one via satellite. Right. Right. Okay. Well. Do you want to do you want to retract your statement or Yeah, I'm I am excellent at basketball and I've played my whole life. Really? Oh, that's uh, fascinating. Yeah, I, just, I was I was just dunking baskets right before we called, before you called and we talked. Yeah, I could I got that vibe that you yeah. you're just fresh I'm off the dunk. I'm very athletic. Yeah. So the one I think the two most famous MJs probably, maybe three, that you got Michael Jordan, Michael J mm. Fox and Michael <laughs> Jackson, right? They're the big 3. Would you say they're the big 3 MJs of the world? I'm, I guess they would. I, I mean, round out honestly, the top four as uh, Matthew James Stewart, but I think um, maybe I'm top Australian, but they're the big three, Michael okay. Jordan, Michael J. Fox, Michael Jackson. Now, Michael Jackson famously had a companion slash pet chimp called Bubbles. He sure did. Bubbles, yes. And 
And did you know, now here's where I can teach you something you may not have known. Michael Jackson had two other chimps in addition to Bubbles. Really? And yes, they were named Max and AJ. Ah. And the public thought that they were all just Bubbles. So it was like an Olsen twin scenario in Full House. Yeah, like Olsen triplets. Yeah. Right. Uh, So, you know, so so it was like Bubbles is always young and adorable and manageable. Um, so one of them, I don't know which, one of them ended up at a zoo in Korea. One was used for breeding in Kansas back here in the States. And then, um, only bubbles made it to a sanctuary, the oh. real bubbles, the, the original bubbles. Right. Oh, that's, uh, so when you talk about zoos versus sanctuaries, what's, what's the difference there? Cause I think a lot of people would think they're pretty similar. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A lot of people do. And And NAPSA is very outspoken about how to differentiate a true sanctuary from other facilities because, at least in the United States, there's no law on who can call themselves a sanctuary. Right. So there's places that we refer to sometimes as a roadside zoo or a faux sanctuary or a pseudo sanctuary. And these are places that claim to rescue animals and claim to be sanctuaries, but really do exploit them. Um, so, So I'll give you some markers of how to tell a true sanctuary, okay? Yep. So they are nonprofit organizations. They don't breed. They don't sell. They don't trade the animals in their care. They don't allow the public to have contact with wildlife. So anytime you see, you know, people posing with like an infant chimp or an infant tiger, that's not a sanctuary. Right. Okay. That's an exploitive situation. Yeah. Um, they also never um, remove animals from their enclosures or the sanctuary property for any purpose, even for exhibition or education. Sometimes these places will say it's for, you know, to educate school children or they'll bring out their animals to a school or a park or something. And that's also very much frowned upon by, by the experts. Would they, Um, would they let them say drive a car? Um, no, I don't think so. I don't think that would be safe for anyone. Oh, that, that, uh, rules out my neighbor, Jim Bob's, uh, primate house of fun. It does, doesn't it? Yeah. He calls himself a sanctuary, but yeah, it sounds like he's been lying to me. And that makes sense because he actually is very ordinary at basketball. Well, and it's probably because Napster doesn't come up in his Google search, so right. he doesn't know the truth. That's that's right. He's yeah. He keeps thinking he's he's in the clear. He calls Napster and goes, "Hey, am I all right?" And they're like, "What are you talking about? We're pharmacy kids, I guess." <laughs> that's the problem. You need to give him my number, and I will talk to okay, him and, and help. I'll get yeah, Jim Bob on to you. I what, are you picturing <laughs> these these pharmacy kids? Are you picturing them as like um, very small children? When I hear students, I'm thinking preschool, like or primary school, maybe they're like. I don't think preschoolers tend to be involved in pharmacy. Four or five year olds wearing big, oversized white lab coats, you know, with beakers mixing up little potions. Sounds pretty adorable. (laughs) I'm not picturing that. I picture you know smaller young adults though, but very nerdy and still wearing the white coats like you. So we're on board. I'm on board with that. All right. Well, that's good. I'd feel less bad about taking them down. Which yeah. I will do. I might start an online campaign. <laughs> yeah, a petition, perhaps. Yeah. Or, you know, go fund me to yeah. fund your efforts. Yeah, yeah. We, yeah, we'll say there's only one Napsa. That's going to be the a new website, yeah. and the um, only one that matters. Yeah. 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 Okay, we'll get on that. Yeah. P. P. Don't stop using P's for words that sound like they start with F. Then maybe that's a that's sort of like a sub, um, wow. a, a sub protest yeah. as well. 
a grammatical protest. Yeah, use peas for puss. That's what it's mm-hmm. going to be called. I'm going to have we're going to take to the streets with banners saying <laughs> or prim- keep peas for puss puss words <laughs> like primates as an example. Yeah, and that's in brackets. Yeah, that would be that would be a nice sign you could make. Thank you. We could have a protest. At keep the ver- a protest. The very least, uh, this chat, you know, whether or not people are learning, I'm not sure, but it's definitely making me feel better about myself. So, well, it should. I mean, that's what everything should be about is making you feel better. Making right? me in particular feel better. <laughs> That's what the podcast is for. Yeah, that's true. Well, I mean, what else yeah. would it be for? It's a pet project. It's making me feel better. I'm I'm talking it to the future, so I feel better automatically. Yeah. Yep. In a place where nearly no one has a pet chimp right. or a pet or chimp. Or monkeys. See, we need to talk about monkeys too because that's a whole other issue. Okay. Is there something that come, you come across? Because nearly every episode of this podcast, every guest has called a monkey an ape or an ape a monkey. Does that, does that mm-hmm. come up a lot for you in your in your work? It does. I mean, not so much with my coworkers because they know the difference, but with the public, absolutely. People just think monkey pertains to any primate. Yeah. And then they, of course, forget that humans are primates too. So that's that's right. That's fun to explain. Yeah. <laughs> so when I say primate, even on this podcast, I'm just always referring to non-human primates. But that takes so long to say that you just say primate. That's right. Well, it's the same. This podcast is all about non-human primates. You know, occasionally we get a smart-ass guest on who. Uh, like Evan Munro Smith, he came on right, and he said his favorite ever primate was humans. So what a he's yeah. showing off. He is sort of, but he's also just been a real piece of work, you know. Yeah, that Evan. Yeah, yeah. I thought you might have the similar opinion of him. <laughs> that that is a question that we normally ask right up the top. We've got sidetracked very early. We did sidetracked we did. into what you were here to talk about. But don't. What I normally ask my guests is, what is your favorite primate? It's such a hard question, right? It is, yes. Um, yeah, and I bet you a lot of people say chimpanzees. Chimpanzee comes up a lot. Orangutans uh, mm-hmm. come up a lot. It's a word I think you know I find very hard to say. Um, <laughs> so I just really race through it. Orangutans. Uh, you know, some people call them orangs as a nickname. You could oh, start using I that. I like that, orangs. Is it is it a, right. an international thing where redheads get called rangers, or is that an Australian thing? No, I, I haven't heard it in the States. Yeah, right. That's come, that comes out of orangutans. I do. So I, I get ranger a bit. You're so a ranger. Okay. I'm a ranger. Yeah. So Is I've, that bad? Should I not say that? Oh, uh, look, I think it's fine. But um, okay. normal. I don't think people normally saying it aren't trying to be nice. But still, <laughs> I take no offense at someone pointing out my hair color. That's right. It's it's there. It's visible. Yeah. And, and orangutans are lovely. Why wouldn't you uh, want to be like They're that? right up there for me as well. I'm trying to... F- I still haven't locked mine down, uh, but... Each each week, as a guest brings a new uh, primate to me, I sort of add it to my list. But yeah, mm-hmm. orangutans, geez, they seem really cool. I they really are. And we they're can the talk clubhouse about leader. But you know, your... one of them. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, no. I was gonna, I was going to say, uh, your what is your <laughs> favorite? I, I think you're trying to dance around this because you probably don't want to play favorites. You work with non-human <sighs> right. primates all the time. How are you going to face up to them? Me. I know. I mean, we have 800 primates in NAPSA member sanctuaries, and I don't want to. Uh, choose one over the other but um if i had to pick my personal favorite or or at least the primate that i think is the most amusing to to watch i would say spider monkeys has anyone said spider monkeys yet? i don't think anyone has said spider monkeys yet um we have talked about them a little bit in the past because we did an episode about a marvel uh marvel comic book universe where all the marvel superheroes were uh were primates and oh. of course, Spider Man was Spider Monkey. 
Mm, I missed that one. That's a well, <laughs> I mean, you, you don't have to listen to them all, but I'm just saying go out and have a look at that comic book. It's a whole universe. I've never looked, to be honest, never read a comic book, but you can see yeah. pictures of it online. And they, <laughs> they, um, yeah, the, the whole universe, they're all primates, which is pretty fun. That and is really fun. How have I not heard about this before? I mean, before? If, if you got your way, is that what you'd, you'd do? You'd change everyone to primates? Is that your sort of, what, mm. what's, I mean, I know well, your official mission is to advance and advocate for the welfare of captive primates, but what is, is. what is the real mission? Is it to transform us all into non human primates? I don't think so. Um, I'm not sure how that would work. Uh, I, it, there might be a lot of fighting and death. Well, I know who, who might know. Uh, it's probably the National uh, Association <laughs> of Pharmaceutical Students or whatever We should get them it. on the line. Yeah. Can you call them? I, I might give them a bell. Um, okay. But they're, they're often hard to pin down because they're so small. Yeah. They don't know how to use phones yet. You know, they're only, <laughs> they're only toddlers. So. <laughs> That's right. They don't, yeah. They, they're asleep. Well, in the U.S., they would be asleep. By yeah. you, they're probably, you know, at the playground maybe. Maybe. This well, time of day. Maybe they're having their afternoon nap. You know? Maybe. That's right. They, well, they, they'll be fresher then for the conversation. That's true. Yeah. 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 Um, well, do you want to know, do you want to, do you want to know why spider monkeys are my favorite? I would love to know why. Because I think they look like grumpy old men. Okay. <laughs> when they sit around and, you know, because I know them in a sanctuary. I've never watched them in the wild, but. Right. When I see them in a sanctuary, they have these little pot bellies and long limbs and they they move around like like little old men. They and they've got these fancy little hairdos where their hair is like combed over their forehead. <laughs> it just grows <laughs> like that naturally and it's adorable. They are very cute. Yeah, I'm just they looking are. at a few now. They but yeah, they do have really long limbs, long tails. Yeah. Um, and a big tree climbs, I suppose. All the photos have them up in the trees. That's pretty. Cla- mm-hmm. That's classic monkey stuff, though. Really, that's monkey monkey one hundred and one. You know, oh yeah, get up and in they, a tree. I've been in sanctuaries where you know when you walk by with the caregivers, who are the people who give them food usually, they stick out their arms and even their tails and their feet through the caging to reach out to say, you know, come on, give me give me a treat, and and they're just so adorable and ridiculous looking. You can't help but love them. Right. So you, do you get to see you're hanging out with uh, with primates most days? Uh, no, actually. Unfortunately, no, um, because I'm not based at any one of the sanctuaries. Right. So we've got these nine sanctuaries all throughout the country, but um, I work from home in Los Angeles, and they're not in Los Angeles. So um, from th- throughout the year, maybe two times a year, I get to go visit one. Um, sometimes it's only once a year, but I've been to quite a few of them by now. And yep. so it's really neat to experience the different ones because they all have different, uh, you know, different species there and different setups. And it's really fun to see how unique each sanctuary is. Um, is there a so reason it, you're based in LA? Is it? Is, no. It's just, that's just where you ha- happen to be because um, obviously that's where the entertainment industry is based out of. So right. do, do, right. do you have um, any connection to... Uh, direct connection to primates uh, in the entertainment industry. Do you see much of that? Um, I don't specifically, but my coworkers do. Um, so one of our sanctuaries, uh, one of the member sanctuaries is in Florida and they're called Center for Great Apes. They get most of the apes from entertainment in the U.S. Right. 
So they get a lot of the Hollywood um, chimps and orangutans. When you were talking about orangutans, I thought I should mention that too. They're the only sanctuary in the States with orangutans. Right. Okay. So it's really cool. And I just got to go there for the first time last year. And it's incredible to see these majestic, huge beings um, being cared for so well, especially if you knew that they you know, previously were used um, in entertainment. It's nice to know that they are retired and they just look so happy and they're peaceful and they're just incredible. How, how does that come about? So at the, uh, uh, an orangutan, say, is seen to be no longer up to acting work. Mm-hmm. How, how, how did, how did, how's it decided where that orangutan ends up going? Because you were saying that there were three very different um, fates for Michael Jackson's three, uh, yeah. three bubbleses. So, <laughs> so how does that work out? One gets lucky, ends up in a sanctuary, another one is in a zoo in Korea. How does Yeah. You know, I'm not sure exactly with those chimps how how it happened that they went to such different places. It may have to do with who their original owners were. You know, it might have been that, let's say, a breeder produced, you know, Bubbles 3. And then with the agreement that Michael could use him for photos or whatever, but that when he was done, he gets the chimp back. I'm I'm not sure. I wasn't around for that. Um, But... But with apes and entertainment, it's either the, the ape grows too old and large and rebellious to be used, um, to be trainable and used in film, or the owner slash trainer just decides to get out of the business, which is becoming also increasingly common. Um, and that's, that's good because that means that, you know, there's, there's less of a market for these apes because of Andy Serkis yeah. <laughs> uh, and technology. And, uh, so, so some of them are just finding that there's not a, a future for, for this. Um, so they retire their apes to places like center for great apes. And that's a really good thing. Um, that sanctuary has proven to be well-versed in how to care for these apes. Cause they, they're very different from other primates, let's say coming from labs or even coming from the pet trade. Um, they have unique needs because of how they were raised. So Center for Great Apes is really good at meeting those needs and working with even just the trainers to to reassure them that this will be the best home for their primates. Right. Yeah. It's uh, a, it feels like it, yes, it's a bit of a roll of the dice. Um, I imagine that they could, you can sell it for more money to a less friendly place. Uh, mm-hmm. than you would probably, I imagine the sanctuaries don't have, a, probably can't buy them. You're more likely to be, don't not yeah. donating, but um, yeah. We say that they're retired. Retired, the yeah. I thought yeah, donating makes... sounded a bit gross. but um, <laughs> Well, and even retiring implies that the animals, you know, even had a choice in all this. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but no, yeah, no, sanctuaries will not pay for for the animals it's actually the reverse they often require that the animals come with funding for their care because they can live for many many decades and you know if a chimp is used in a movie let's say uh, or television until he or she is about i don't know six years old maybe at the most um that chimp could then live to be like 50 60 um years old in a sanctuary and that's so many years of expensive care that the sanctuary, you know, has to pay for. Right. Um, and we already said they're nonprofits, so it's not that they, you know, they they aren't raising revenue by letting people come in and take tours and you know do all these crazy things that some other facilities might do. Right, get them to drive in the car or whatever. 
Right. Like right. Jim Bob. So, Jim. Yes, Jim Bob. He's he's not so good. Yeah. Well, you know. Well, he has to call me. I'll talk to him. Yeah, so. I think you've got to. Yeah, you've got to educate that guy. I will. Yeah. That's what I. That's what I do, man. Okay. Right. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. So is that, yeah. that, what is the main part of your role? Uh, it's, it's education. It's talking to people. Yeah, it's advocacy, it's education, um, it's a lot of writing, which I enjoy because I'm also a writer. Um, so. And you live in Hollywood. Is there a you got a manuscript somewhere in the second drawer? No, I write books. I, I have a book on the history of primate rights um, that I wrote in 2013, and then I'm working on my second book now. But uh, no movies yet. But I'm certainly not opposed to it if it pays the bills. Yeah. <laughs> So, and obviously, starring role, Andy Serkis would be in there somewhere, I suppose. Well, it's Primates the movie, right? Yeah. I think this sounds great. Yeah. Can Jim Bob be in it? Well, you know, if we rehabilitate him and um, show him the light, then maybe we can. But That uh, could be our story a story arc, you know, right? That, that's yeah. our storyline. He's going to have to fire his, uh, his chimp uh, chauffeur first. And, um, yes. And, you know, or... or Many of his other sort of helpers. Yeah, helper yeah, monkeys like a conflict some... of interest. Exactly. Yeah. Help, yeah, helper, helper monkeys. monkeys. Where, where does that come into all this? Because that's something yeah, I only not... know from The Simpsons. I'm so glad you asked. Actually, that doesn't come up too often. Um, they're not so good. The reason for that, and and it comes, you know, I don't want to come across as um, unfeeling about the needs of the humans that need helper monkeys, because I I know that's a very difficult life and. Um, you know, I don't have a lot of experience in the struggles that they may face, but um, from the monkey, you know, speaking on behalf of the monkey's welfare, it's pretty harmful. Um, they're bred in a facility, at least in the United States, they're bred in um, Massachusetts to be used as helper monkeys through really just one organization called Helping Hands. And um, they are often, um, you know, they're removed from their mother's years before they would naturally separate, just like monkeys used in the pet trade or lab research or entertainment. Um, so they are not raised by their mothers. They grow up very in a very sort of unnatural environment where they're, uh, they don't have social opportunities. They, as you know, are being trained to perform human um, behaviors. Um, they often have their teeth removed so that they don't bite. And that impacts their welfare, of course. That means they can't eat a lot of food. Um, and then they're living in human homes, which has a whole host of issues that are also the same issues related to their use in the pet trade. Right. Um, so it's a very sort of solitary, sad existence for yeah, the monkeys. Yeah, it sounds like a bit of a nightmare, really. It really is. And then, you know, when we get monkeys to the sanctuaries from human homes, they don't know how to be monkeys. So they're very hard to integrate into social groups. Um, they often have mental disease as well from, and it sounds crazy, but I mean, they really do have depression. They can have obsessive compulsive disorders. Um, 
because they don't, they're not able to express their natural behaviors. They're not able to exercise and, you know, climb trees and do all the things monkeys want to do, including be social with other monkeys. And so it really negatively impacts them, impacts them through, throughout their entire life. I bet. Yeah. 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 So helper monkeys are the same, the same concern. Um, we have a statement on our website about this actually. And, um, what's interesting and unfortunately I don't know as much about this in, in Australia. Maybe you could tell me about it, but I don't know. I don't think it exists here as as far as I know. Yeah. It's, I'd be very unlikely to walk into a a friend's house (laughs) or down the street (laughs) and see someone, you know, with a, a, a monkey on their shoulder or something like that. I'd say that's never happened in my life. But, well, that's good. It's very different here. And even in Europe, I know in England, there's a big problem with with monkeys, pet right. monkeys, that kind of thing. Yeah, that's interesting. I, I'm pretty sure, I, I would assume that that's just not a thing here, but I might be wrong. Um, I did see a guy uh, at a bus stop once with a, a rat on his shoulder. Oh. I don't know if it was a helper rat or not. <laughs> I think it was just a, a pet slash friend. Did so. he know the, so he knew the rat he, was Yeah, there. he was aware. Yeah. They, they seem to be. Um, hanging out together. Jeez, oh, imagine right. that looking down and <laughs> it's like a rat in your shoulder. Movie. Yeah. Ratatouille. Yeah. That's right. See, well, that... maybe he was getting off of work at the restaurant. Ah, I didn't consider that. I just thought yeah. they were hanging out. But yeah, maybe they've just been working hard. They just clocked out and they were done for the day. True. All right. I'll, um, okay. If I see him again, I'll apologize for uh, <laughs> the way I looked at him like a guy yes, you... with a rat friend. You made too many assumptions, I think. I did. And yeah. that makes an ass out of, of you and an umption or whatever. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. Well, you, no, but I'm glad you asked about helper monkeys because they're not even recognized. You know, there's some laws in the United States about Americans with disabilities and veterans affairs and that kind of thing. They don't even fund service monkey um, programs anymore because they're just not um, yeah, approved, for lack of a better word. They're not, they're not beneficial to the monkeys. And I don't even... I don't know if there may be better solutions for the humans. Um, it feels like similar. You just get Andy Circus in, you know. He could be working should. with a green screen somewhere and just putting yeah. in sort of robot monkeys into A homes. robot. Yeah. I wouldn't be opposed to a robot monkey. I, f- I feel like that's probably, I mean, technology keeps moving forward. I think it's, I mean, I'm sort of I'm being uh, a bit well, facetious, but I think it's probably true, you know, like the yeah. much like in entertainment we don't need to use real primates on screen anymore, pretty much. And it's probably similar for technology and in, in other ways, you know, um, yeah. robotics and whatnot is uh, coming on very quickly. So hopefully yeah. it's not the helping hands type uh, well, organizations aren't really required for much longer. Yeah, I mean, it just makes sense, right? Doesn't it seem sort of archaic to be using animals to perform tasks for us when we do have technology that can do these types of things? It just seems so old-fashioned. It do, yeah, it does feel pretty bizarre. And cruel. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I think I, I imagine that probably would divide people. I think some people still see animals as you know a few you know a few steps down from us, but I think plenty right. of people still you know they think of them as we're all just living beings with. And everyone, I think pretty much everyone accepts animals have, you know, feelings and um, they feel pain and they have emotions and whatever. So, right. I th- and I think that like the further time goes on, the more people think about that. 
I'm, I was just then forgetting and remembering at the same time that this is a comedy <laughs> podcast. But um, <laughs> what you've um, you've uh, told me uh, before we started talking on the podcast okay. that the, there's plenty of uh, interesting stories about um, famous primates on screen and what happened to them afterwards. You know what happened to Dunstan mm-hmm. from Dunstan Checks In? I do. Okay, let's tell you. Um, Dunstan, I've got him on my list here. It may be a she, actually. It's Jerry. Dunstan was a she. Yeah, right. Jeez, yeah, isn't Jerry. Hollywood in the 90s. Anything you know, goes. It's just, oh, yeah. I mean, you know, gender doesn't matter. Also, uh, you know, Jason Alexander uh, had hair in that film. So a lot of things weren't as they seemed. That's true. And, you know, we talk about Jason Alexander. We need to also make a segue into the Seinfeld episode that you talked about in a previous podcast. Yes, where... Uh, where... Kramer had a beef with a. Did you have you seen that episode of Seinfeld? That, I have years ago. That's years not ago. a very believable zoo, is it? It looks like no. It looks no. like a jail cell. Yes, I'm like, I'm I hoping mean, that's not what zoos look like in in America. Pre nine eleven, right? This exactly. Well, that's true. Different. It was a very yeah. different time. That's zoos right. were different back then. That's right. Anything went. Um, Dunstan checks in. That chimp is named. Je- I'm sorry, orangutan Jerry. And she is at the Center for Great Apes, which is the sanctuary I was talking about earlier. Oh, right. Oh, that's a happy, that's a happy result. Yeah, she likes to dress up the sanctuary really? Yes, which is interesting because she was also in the Flintstones. Okay. She was in Baby's Day Out, which I have not seen. Oh, I reckon I did see that. It's a movie about did a baby. You? And there was a couple of criminals chasing down a baby for some reason. Very so 90s type, type of film. <laughs> right. Uh so, you know, she likes to dress up and I'm sure it's due to how she was raised and, you know, wearing clothing in these movies There's and doing that type a, of thing. a montage in Dunstan Checks In where she tries on a lot of different hats. It stuck with her. Yeah. I'm sure she looked beautiful. Oh, she but... did. She looked great. Yeah. So, you know, what's cool about the sanctuaries is they recognize that each one of these animals that they have is unique and has their own preferences, just like you or I would. And so when they give them enrichment, which is any sort of activity to sort of entertain them or make their day more interesting, um, certain, they recognize that certain primates want certain things. So Jerry, if she likes to dress up, they may give her more dress up clothes, hats, you know, necklaces, because um, some apes and sanctuaries really like that. And they're not, you know, the sanctuary is not doing it for any self-serving purpose. It's really just because that's what Jerry wants and that's what makes her happy. Right. So if she seeks it out, they'll provide it for her. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. Yeah, they have to do a lot of enrichment because they're still captive apes, right? Even the very best sanctuary recognizes that it's it's keeping them in captivity and it's still nowhere near as interesting or enriching as life in the wild would be. So Is there a reason I get is it have have they figured out that it's just not possible to send a an acting orangutan back into the wild it just would be too weird for them yeah yeah they don't know how to survive in the wild because just about every captive primate at least captive chimp and orangutan in the states has almost always been born into captivity here um i think it was in the 70s was the last time that chimps were actually taken from the wild and brought here for labs or the pet trade or you know other industries um so they were born in captivity they don't know the first thing about how to be, how to survive in the wild. I mean, they, they often don't even know how to survive in a social group of their own kind. So living in the jungle is like out of the question. Yeah. Uh, That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. 
I think yeah. because I, I, I grew up in captivity as well in some ways. I think if you yeah. sent me out back into a, a jungle somewhere, I probably wouldn't last that long either. See, I think I would be fine. Yeah? But, uh, I think because of my uh, awesome basketball skills. Right. And my long limbs, you know, for shooting all those baskets. Yeah. I think I think I could climb trees. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah, I think those two things definitely uh, go hand in hand. <laughs> I think that's all I would need, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, just to be able to climb a tree. Forget, yeah. like, finding yourself food and stuff. Like that. Right, right. That'll but all you know, just happen. Enough about me. Yeah. I imagine there'd be jungle restaurants that would have, you know, plenty yeah. of space available. Yeah, I think so. Um but that's on my 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 bucket list. Okay. I haven't I haven't gone there yet. Yeah. To go live in in a jungle. Not yet. Okay. Well, you know, it's good to have. You don't want to get all your goals out of the way too early in life. I mean, I still have naps of work to do. Yeah. Right. For the pharmacy yeah. students. Not no, actually. <laughs> um, for the primates, the, oh, the pharmacy primates. students. Yeah, they're napping. They they you know they um, I feel a little bit too old to work with them. They so. really put the nap in Napsa, don't they? Those guys. Oh, good one. Oh, right. <laughs> you were, did you have that waiting in the wings? No, I really see? didn't, and I regretted it instantly. Um, <laughs> if only you could see my face, it is full of regret. Um, Barry <laughs> Barry was the chimpanzee on Seinfeld, and yeah. uh, we talked a, a little bit about him in the episode. That he, I don't, I think that was the episode Evan. Monroe Smith was on, and he talked a little bit about some of his escapades afterwards, but he I don't think we went into them in too much detail. Do you know what happened to him after the show? Yeah, I can tell you a little um, a little story that's on the website for the sanctuary where he lives now, um, which is, again, Center for Great Apes. <laughs> I feel like this right. podcast is sponsored by Center for Great <laughs> Apes, but, you know, they get entertainment apes. So, um, so Ripley was also in Ace Ventura and a movie called Junior. Do you know Junior? I do with with uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger. You know it all. Oh, is that the one? Yeah, I think is it the one where he has a baby? I think you mentioned this in the in the last episode, didn't you, Evan? Um, I think you did. Oh, did I? Maybe I did. Yeah, it's ringing some mm-hmm. sort of a bell. That's... Yeah, because I remember thinking about that movie, but I don't remember a chimp being in it. I don't remember a chimp being in that. It must have been a pretty small part in Ace Ventura as yeah. well. I think it doesn't seem. Yeah, yeah, I don't know, but so he and then of course he was on Seinfeld. Um, So I'm going to read to you what the sanctuary has um, about Ripley. So it says he ended up living in a tiny unaccredited zoo in Nebraska. And this is what we would call it, you know, a pseudo sanctuary or a faux sanctuary um, or a roadside zoo. They go by many names. Roadside Um, zoo sounds, yeah, that paints a real picture. It does, doesn't it? That's that's a common one. Um, So in in Nebraska, after he grew too large to work with actors. He lived there with three other former entertainment and pet chimpanzees for less than two years until one day he and his three companions escaped through a door left open. This is really sad. Ripley and his friends were chased down by the staff and three of them were shot and killed. When Ripley saw his younger brother, Tyler, and two other companions shot, he ran back into his cage, closed himself inside and survived. Oh, my God. Isn't that horrifying? That is. Yeah. I th- I think, and he. I think Evan might have touched on that. Yeah, that's so heartbreaking. Because it's it like. really is. Who left the door open? It feels like. Yeah. What would you do if you were in captivity and someone left a door open? Of course you'd leave. Of course. So then and, you get you know, punished for doing that. It's. This is one reason why roadside zoos are so awful. Because they're not accredited. They don't have safety standards. They don't have the proper security. Um, you know, maybe the staff isn't trained as well. 
And yeah, and so he got out and they did what they would naturally do and three of them died. And then Ripley saw all this and was somehow wise enough to put himself back into his cage so that he wasn't wasn't killed. So um, smart. It's heartbreaking. I know. And then you know how smart these chimps are and how much they remember. And and I just it just pains me to think of how this affected him at the time and he probably even now, you know? Yeah. So, uh, um, but at least he, yeah, it is horrible. At least the light at the end of the, that horrible tunnel is that, um, he did get moved around after that. I mean, that's not the, that's not the light. <laughs> the light at the end is that he's now at the sanctuary. Yeah. Um, but even before that, he was shipped out to a private breeder in Missouri where he lived for three years. He didn't breed well, probably because he saw everyone die around him. Cause I know that doesn't Bad make me want to breed. Libido, yeah. <laughs> right. Uh, he was shipped back to California. So a lot of these apes, you know, they get moved around quite a bit, shuffled around. Um, and then he finally got to live at the sanctuary. Um, because his trainer agreed to send him there um, and he was able to be reunited with some other companions and siblings um, that are living at the sanctuary, which is kind of neat. They have a lot of brother, sister, parent, even grandparent um, relations between their chimps and orangutans because they all come from some of the same, you know, there's not that many breeders in the United States. So um, chances are, you know, the ones that are good breeders, they didn't see their family members die around them. Um, you know, produce a lot of offspring. And then at times they all end up at the same place, which is crazy to think about, but it, their families can be somewhat reunited in retirement. That's, that's nice. It is nice. It is nice. Although it doesn't mean they're necessarily living together because the sanctuaries have to be very careful about social groups and who lives with whom because chimps can be, you know, volatile. Um, yeah. And, and they're, you know, they don't, they, they, can fight and decide who they want to live with. So can never be forced upon them. Yeah, they are. They, they're quite brutal. Uh, they are. Well, they can be. That's yes. Just an, another very... reason why it's a bit weird that they're pets. <laughs> it is one reason. <laughs> one, just one um, of the reasons. It's a little bit weird. What a, a weird little choice bit. of pet. Yeah. A little I, terrifying. Yeah. I'm, I'm guessing people just don't realize that. I, I, I think they do, though. I think they... I don't know how you could not realize it, especially if you live with a chimp. Yeah. Just do a little bit um, of research before you a buy bit. a chimp pet. I mean, this the story of the pet chimp that attacked its owner um, in Connecticut a few years ago, maybe, what, 10 years ago or less? Uh, that was big news here. I don't know if you heard about it as much in Australia. I'm not but... sure. No, I don't. Uh, oh, I'm not sure. Travis the chimp. If you look up Travis the chimpanzee, he... Um, I'm sorry, and it wasn't his owner. He, it was his owner's friend um, who came to the property, and he almost killed the woman. Right. Um, and it's just one more story of many of pet chimpanzees attacking. And it's not just chimps, too. It's even pet monkeys. I mean, the thing about monkeys is they can certainly bite and attack and harm humans, but they don't, you know, they're not as large as chimps, so maybe the damage they do isn't quite as newsworthy. Um, but it's certainly problematic for keeping them as pets. Yeah, is it? I guess that's the that's the goal. You you probably it's you work for a company that's kind of has this <laughs> odd thing where if everything goes your way, you don't have to exist anymore. You got it. The sanctuary say they want to be put out of business. Yeah, isn't that a, that's a that's a weird business model, but 
It is. It, all, it makes me, yeah, it sort of makes it pretty clear that the heart's in the right place if that's the goal. <laughs> right. They, they have literally nothing to gain by doing this and certainly not financially. Um, and, and it's, it's a rough life if found, you know, if you, if you develop a primate sanctuary and maintain it, I mean, it's, there's so much, it's, it's heartbreaking number one, cause you're seeing sort of the worst cases of sometimes animal cruelty and animal suffering. Um, and you're, you're having to raise lots of money to care for them. And, and these animals live for so long. It can be I, probably somewhat terrifying to take on ownership of a primate sanctuary. Yeah. Just what? because these are real lives that you're responsible for. Who who are the kind of people who start them up? I'm imagining they're relatively wealthy to be able to do it in the first place. No, actually. Um, I mean, maybe a small amount are, but generally they are people that just fell in love with either a particular species or, um, you know, each of their stories is different. And it's interesting that you bring this up because this is what I'm going to be writing about in my next book. Um at least because in the United States, there's a, a group of almost all women who founded the first sanctuaries in the 70s, 80s, and 90s. And, um, and, and what a unique type of person they are to do this because um, it had never been done before. And, and you have to be really strong. I, I would just say they're all very strong and knowledgeable and dedicated to what they do. It's it's um it's a frustrating line of work, but so rewarding because these animals are just you know like people. They're just unique. They are they're individuals, with with their own interests and and um, histories and perceptions. And it's really awesome to get to know them um, in in a sanctuary. Right. And to feel that you know you're they're making a difference, and that's what matters. Yeah, that is nice because I I imagine because of the backgrounds a lot of the um, animals would have a fair bit of baggage as well so yeah a lot to work through right right um and it becomes it can consume your entire life you know caring for these animals um some of the people who founded the first sanctuaries happened to be pet owners um who didn't know any better and you know bought a bought a monkey um as a pet and then realized how difficult it was to properly care for a monkey and then you know got another one, you know, someone else said, Oh, I don't want my monkey anymore. Take mine. And then they had three and then they had four. And then they realized this is no longer a pet. This is a, you know, this is like a facility that I'm starting. Yeah. Right. That's so, a, is it, that, yeah. Monkeys as gifts is a, cause I just saw on your website that, um, Chris Brown gave a, a, a monkey for, yeah. as a Christmas present. That must, that's a wild, what a commitment. Hey, here's something that you might <laughs> look after for 40 years he gave it to his like three-year-old daughter too i mean i bet she didn't even know she didn't even know what she was in for i don't think he knew what he was in for either monk yeah just as a quirky gift monkeys aren't just for christmas quirky's a good word for it (laughs) quirky (laughs) yeah it's a good one yeah um yeah he's still paying for the the aftermath of that (laughs) he's had lawsuits and you know the monkey is now um at some sort of facility, I don't, it's not a NAPSA member sanctuary, but it, they place the monkey somewhere, um, might be a small zoo or something, um, but better than living with a three-year-old child. That does not seem smart, but no, uh, yeah. Anyway, you should be thanking people who took that monkey away. (laughs) Yep. Um, 
we we probably should start wrapping up before we do though. I'd, I'd love to know what do, do you have a favorite um, on-screen primate from over the years, either um, CGI or or a real primate. Hmm. That's, that's a, a really good question. It's a tough one, right? I imagine because because <sighs> part of what you do is sort of wanting there to be no real primates on screen, but right. obviously, yeah. the, uh, Jerry's performance in Dunstan checks in was you know an all time great performance. So groundbreaking. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that hat changing I... montage. Oh my god. Right. <laughs> That's affected your entire life. It I'm has. Sure. I, I've changed everything. The way I put on a hat has never been the same again. No, no, I'm sure. Um, I think from knowing what I know now with my work, I can't, it's completely colored the way that I view their use in entertainment. And I can't say that now I enjoy watching it. I mean, I remember being very young, maybe five, and watching the movie Toby Tyler. Did I think that's what it's called. Did you ever see that old Disney movie about a boy in the circus? No, I don't recall that one. Toby Tyler. Toby, Toby Tyler. Yeah, look it up. Um, he, there was a chimp in that movie, and I remember being really entertained by watching this chimp. Um, he had a goofy name, too. I'm trying to remember. It's like Mr. Bugs or something. Um, um, just looking up the... Yeah, Toby Tyler. It's, it's a movie from like the maybe early 60s, uh, a Disney movie. Um I'm looking it up too, but uh, I, but but now, yeah, Toby, Toby Tyler, Mr. Stubbs, a frisky Stubbs. chimpanzee, frisky. Yeah. All right. Frisky. I mean, they ride horses and stuff, and Mr. Stubbs there is wearing, you know, overalls. Um, I think. But that... now, if I watched it, I certainly would enjoy it. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. You know, as a as a five year old, I thought it was great. There's other levels you're now seeing. Yeah, yeah. So I would think my favorite now would be anything CGI, even if it's in a commercial, because that just means that we're we're winning this, and it means that there's no real primates being used in a studio somewhere. Yeah. And do do you think that is one of the main reasons, but because of animal welfare, or is it there's does it come into it as well that you know you can get someone who can put more human emotions into a performance like Andy Circus does with Caesar and Planet of the Apes or something like that? I guess it's I probably a mix. Yeah, I think it's mixed. It's definitely both. Um, for sure, the culture is changing and people are are learning more about the truth, about their use, and, and it's no longer seeming as cute. Um, and there's just more information out there about their welfare and, and how they can suffer. So it's really great to see. I mean, I know, you know, you know what a big deal the Super Bowl is here in the United States and the yeah. commercials there. Okay. So for the last, gosh, probably five years or more, there hasn't been any um, commercials during the Super Bowl with primates. And even that's a big deal. Right. Um, so they, so five or six years ago, there were. It was yeah. more common. Oh, that's interesting. And yeah. Uh, and I have, there are, stat, there are statistics about how, I think it's like the top 20 ad agencies have agreed not to use apes. And some of them have agreed to use no primates at all. Um so it's it's changing. It's just not as fast as we all would like, but it's definitely headed in the right direction. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I, I'm trying to think of a, a modern movie that would feature a, a a real life primate. I can't think of any big ones. Yeah, no, not big ones. There's def well, there's been um, smaller monkeys, like capuchin monkeys, are still used. Right. They're used in the the Pirates of the Caribbean movies. Yep. Um, and some others, but, but it, it is waning. And anytime that they are used, 
there is generally some sort of public outcry about it, um, even if it doesn't get them, you know, removed from the set or from the movie itself, it, it makes a lasting impression. And so NAPSA works with other animal welfare and animal rights organizations to sort of collaborate on this and get the messaging out to everyone so that we can all be seeing what we want, which is no more monkeys and apes in entertainment. So it's working. Just we're still going to keep pushing along. I imagine you, sh- you should get Andy Circus to donate uh, some money because it's in his best interest as well. You're absolutely right. That would yeah. be a wonderful collaboration. Well, I feel like he'd I'm be up sh- for it, knowing him like I do. Not at all. Um, I feel well, like he could be listening right now. He Mr. could be. Circus? Well, he should be. Please. Yeah. yeah please, Mister Circus. Please, we right can thing. use your help. It's right for the apes. We normally, at the end of the episode, we normally um, rate the uh, the media that we've just watched. But this is the first time we haven't watched anything, so we, <laughs> I don't really know what we would give a banana score to. You can rate NAPSA. How about that? NAPSA? Oh, well, obviously, uh, they do great work with pharmaceutical students. Um, no, no, my friend, not that NAPSA. Oh, not that. Jeez, I, I still, well, I've got to get my head around this. Oh, it's so confusing, I know. Uh, well, obviously, a full bunch of bananas, and they're all perfectly ripened. I think it was seven oh. out of seven fully ripened bananas. Um, I appreciate that. You appreciate that? Oh, great. Well, and I do. So your 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 favorite. And the other thing we do is talk about how uh, there's a scientist comedian who comes on this show a bit called Andy Matthews, and he uh, talked about in an early episode how something like ninety eight percent of DNA is shared between chimpanzees and humans. Is that yes. something Napsa agrees with? Yes, ninety eight point six, I believe, is the precise number. Right. Yes. So normally at the end of the episodes, we talk about how much of ourselves we see in the on screen primate. Uh, portray mm. um, but in in this case maybe we, we i'd love to hear from you how much of yourself do you see as a percentage in spider monkeys your favorite <laughs> primates hmm. uh, it's actually not a huge percentage because i'm not an old man and in my mind they are old men right so fortunately for my husband and those around me I am less like an old man than they are. That feels um, like you're really throwing shade at old men there. No, nothing wrong with them. They're just not me. Oh, okay, <laughs> nothing wrong with being an old man all of a sudden. You're dancing now. You're dancing yeah. all around <laughs> the place. I do. I, I do can see why you're so good it. on the basketball court. Those sort of <laughs> That's moves. Right. That's right. I'm very slick. Um, yeah, no, I, I would say I'm... Uh, I'm less than fifty percent spider monkey. Less than fifty. What do you say? What's the what's the forty odd percent? What do you see of yourself in them? Um, You're a good tree climber. You said long limbs. Right. Excellent. Right. Long limbs. Um, fabulous hair. <laughs> um, uh, polite requests for food. Yeah, that's a big part of DNA for sure. How polite right. are the requests? Um, in my case or in the spider monkey's case? Well, it sounds like both are about the same. Both. both. Yeah, just sort of a a, 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 um, a, a clear stare at the person, you yeah. know, very precise stare, um, hand out and outstretched with palms open. Okay. And yeah. sort of a quiet demand, like, give me what I want. Right. Okay. That doesn't you sound know? as polite to me as I was thinking. A oh. stare <laughs> and a demand. <laughs> oh, so polite. They so politely demanded this. It's much more polite than a chimpanzee would be, right? Because right? I'm not screeching. I'm not squirting water around. in a comical not fashion. Not doing that, right? Right? No. 
Um, you know, Bubbles, Michael Jackson's chimp, has squirted water in my hair before. What? So, yes. You were so it, close to greatness there. Uh, it was a blessing. It was. I think I imagine that uh, Michael J- Jackson himself probably had water squirted on him by Bubbles. So mm-hmm. that's one Just degree one of separation between you and the king of pop. That's right. That's more degrees than I ever thought we would have. Yeah, you did it. I did. I've I've made my mark in the world. Well, the final segment of the show, uh, Erica, is uh, where we thank some Patreon supporters um, who support this show and a couple other podcasts in this network, the Mini Do Go On podcast network. And they, uh, I'll read out their names to thank them, but also they've told me their favorite primates. Oh, I want to hear. They take it in different directions, but um, some (laughs) on-screen characters, some uh, species. Uh, But this week, I'd love to thank Abby S. Garland. Uh, for her support, and she said her favorite primates are the ones that broke into my hotel in Rishikesh, India, and stole my chips and pineapple. This happened on two separate occasions. I think they are langur monkeys. Am I saying that right? Very cheeky. Yeah, I think so, yes. Langur. Do you know much about the langur monkeys? I don't know as much about them because they are not in sanctuaries in the U.S. Right. Uh, But I am amazed that they stole pineapple and chips not once but twice. That is, yeah, that's something about them. I'm just looking up the Grey Langur uh, Wikipedia page, aka Sacred Langurs, Indian Langurs, mm. or Hammerman right. Langurs. Jesus, so many, so many names. They're <laughs> an old world monkey native to the Indian subcontinent. Uh, mm-hmm. What's that? Give me, I just want one fun fact here. They look feisty. They do look that, feisty. That's not the fun fact, but they do look feisty. I think that is a pretty fun fact. Yes. <laughs> Uh, well, we know they like pineapple. How about that? That's a fun fact. All right, great. Yeah. They like pineapple. And there's seven, it looks like there's uh, seven Semnopithecus species. Yes. Seven. Yeah, that's the, that's something I found so fascinating. So you'll ask a lot of people, oh, what's your favorite uh, primate? And you might say orangutan. And mm-hmm. I would have thought a few years ago that, that, that there was just one orangutan. But there's, you know, multiple species of nearly right. every... Um, if you, anything you name, that you can go more specific. It's overwhelming, isn't it? It is. There's so many primates, I know. which is, I think it's it's one of the most fascinating things about it. Such yeah, diversity, so diverse. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so thank you very much to Abby. Uh, I'd also love to thank Josh West. He said his favorite primate, oh, the evil gorillas at the end of Congo. They're <laughs> just so badass looking. Are you familiar with those? They are, um, I am not, but gorillas are always shown as being evil, and it's not fair to them. These ones in particular, I think, yeah, not always, but often, aren't they? Because they do seem like big, gentle giants to me. Yeah, yeah, no, they're 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 fascinating. But I know there's the whole subculture of like King Kong type movies that have yep. really, you know, made them seem really vicious. Right, and it's, it's not quite true. These ones in particular are pretty. The they're sort of they've been. Specifically, bred, and yeah, at the end of the movie, they're sort of they're like mm. rabid white gorillas. Oh. oh, that sounds terrifying. Yeah, they're they're and they're you know they're made with nineties nineties um <laughs> makeup, so they were pretty Even more terrifying. Yeah, they were pretty terrifying. Um, but yeah, that that's a great suggestion. Thank you so much, Josh. Luke Holhouse says his favorite are the Gibraltar Barbary macaques. Uh, mm-hmm. They seem really chill with human interaction. And we'll just hang out with you, pardon the pun. Would that be true? Mm-hmm. 
Jibol- Jibol- um, I don't think they're text. chill. No, I think of them more as trying to bite people. Right. <laughs> it's funny that I think we often put in um, human sort of emotions onto primates that possibly aren't quite there. Right. Um, I mean, barber macaques in particular, whenever I see them, they always look kind of angry, even if they're not angry at the time. Right. They have, sometimes they have a very angry looking face. Okay. Right. They got re- <laughs> Some resting, of us do. Resting bitch face sort of thing. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Well, that, yeah, that's, that's unfortunate. And am I saying yes. it right? Macaques or macaques? That's something macaque. that's, it is macaque. Macaque. Okay. At least in the States, maybe in Australia, they say in it differently. A, in Australia, it might be macaque, but. Uh-huh. You know, agree to disagree. Isn't it fascinating the, the the differences in our cultures? It is. It, it, we're also very diverse. Yeah, you're over there in La La Land. You know, Hollywood. And, right. Uh, we're not the only primates with culture. That's Chimps right. Have, you know, they all do. And uh, you know, Australia has a, a film industry here too. So you know, mm. I, I don't know how many monkeys have been involved. I think we make two or three films a year. And uh, okay. Hopefully very few monkeys then. I think, yeah, that's right. I think we make more films okay. than that, but um, you, you would have, you'd be familiar with the Logie Awards, the television awards over here. No. Really? I would have thought no. they'd be talked about in Hollywood all the time. Well, I'm also not, you know, living it up in Hollywood. You're so living much. in I... Hollywood. What are you in the Valley? Are you in the valley? Uh, no, no, I'm in what's called the South Bay. So it's, you know, casual sort of beachy little town. All oh, right. I'd... I'm not in downtown LA. Okay. I know yeah. I've been there. I've been to uh uh Venice Beach. Is that somewhere? Yes. Yes, it and is somewhere. Somewhere else there. I've been around. Yeah. I went and yeah, saw that's a not few. far from where I am. That's yeah. not far at all. It's a it's a it's a great. I I really enjoyed it down there. We're actually oh, yeah. hopefully going to be over doing some live podcasts in America later this year. So Oh, let me know. Have to I'll have to let you know and you can yeah, show us around mm-hmm. some of the one of the sanctuaries if it, if it times out right. That It'll would be amazing, absolutely. Totally. Um now finally, uh, I'd love to thank Joshua Merch and he's got a longer one here. I should say that I haven't read any of these before reading them out, so apologies. <laughs> this should be good. Uh <laughs> Joshua says, got to say, my favorite primates would have to be the howler and capuchin monkeys. They're the only monkeys I've had the pleasure of seeing in the wild. Whilst on a charity trip to Costa Rica a couple of years ago, uh, we could actually hear the howlers from our our campsite at dusk and dawn. And there was an awesome hiking trail through the forest near us that had the capuchins following us in the treetops above. Some of the locals actually called them bandito monkeys because the black and white faces sometimes made it look like they were wearing masks. (laughs) <laughs> they have been, uh, they have even been known to steal food and items from tourist bags before. Some cheeky monkeys. I believe it. Yeah, that's interesting. I guess yeah, when you have um, uh, humans sort of um, getting up close with them like that, it would probably slowly change their behavior a little bit. Oh like, yeah. Uh, end up picking food out of bags, finding it. Yeah, much easier. They're than, very wily. Yeah. Yeah. Them wily monkeys. They are well, just like the Indian macaques. They're very used to stealing whatever they can from tourists. Right. They're smart and quick. Howler, I I love that the howler monkeys have an amazing look. They do, don't they? Especially when their their mouths are open and they're howling. Yeah, so cool. That that's that's a monkey I would never have heard of before. I think before I started this podcast, I just hadn't heard of them. Amazing. Yeah. No, I don't I don't hear about them much even in my line of work. Yeah, right. Fascinating. Which yeah. is good. That means they're in the wild. Yeah. The less you hear Not about living. them, the better they're probably doing. 
Yeah, they're not stuck in someone's house somewhere in Georgia or whatever. Yeah, I don't know how. Yeah, a helper howler monkey. Um, see, they no. went in <laughs> went in distress. You you get the howler monkey to howl for you. Um, that sounds awful. <laughs> they're just sitting there waiting. You know, you yeah. If you hear yeah. my monkey howl, you know you know to come around quickly. It means I fell down or something. Yeah. I fell down. Yeah. Howler monkey, I'm down. Yeah, I think that, no, they. Hopefully, they we haven't just capuchins. come up with a, a capuchin. <laughs> yeah, there was a capu be... capuchins are in. Yeah, they're they seem to be on screen a bit. The in yeah. Friends, there was a capuchin. Yeah, they're used a lot in movies, even even now. That that's one of the more commonly used species in entertainment. Right, and that's it. Because they're small, small, they're and smart. Trainable. Yeah, what? very clever. They do a lot with their hands. Um. I think they're more trainable than maybe some of the other species. Right. It sounds like you're describing me. Where's my role on Friends? I'm trainable. I can use my yeah. hands. You know. You've got you've got the orange hair like an orangutan. Yeah, that's true. You could you could do something for sure in Hollywood. Well, if you could, I mean, if you could pass my number along to um, yeah some Hollywood heavyweights. Right. I know them all. Yeah, I assume so. So that'd be yeah. great. I know it's a small yeah. community there. Everyone everyone's got a connection <laughs> to the biz. That's right. Um, so when when we come over, hopefully you'll just have a role ready for me to walk onto. I should be able to manage that. Perfect, yeah. that'll be great. Thank you so much. Yeah, no problem. And thank Anytime. you so so much for joining us. Hopefully we can <laughs> have you back again sometime. Um, we can talk some more because it, it was pretty fascinating to have a real life uh, primate expert on the show. <laughs> it's my pleasure. This was really fun, and you know, you were my first podcast. So, well, that uh, is assuming amazing. I didn't fail miserably, I would love to do it again. You've really done things the wrong way around. Normally, you go podcasts and then on CNN, but you've done that in reverse. I like to keep it interesting. Fair enough. Now, where can people find you if they want to hear more about the work you do or whatnot? Do you have, do you have a Twitter account and such things? You know, I'm a I'm a bit strange, and I don't love Twitter. Um, but I don't think that's can... strange. I think I don't think anyone <laughs> likes Twitter. I think some people yeah. just are on Twitter. No one likes it though. I avoid it, but you know, Napsa does use. Uh, you know, we have. You can follow. Is this the pharmacist Napsa. kids? No, it's the primate sanctuary. Okay, sorry, thank you. <laughs> I'm gonna say the full word so people <laughs> the full name so people can hear it. North North American Primate Sanctuary Alliance, and uh, you can find us on Facebook. You can find us on Instagram. We do have Twitter. We don't use it as much as the other two. Um, but and, and, of course, our website, which is primatesanctuaries.org, and we'd love to hear from you. That's cool. Yeah, great. People should uh, get yeah. in touch if they want to hear more, especially Americans, I suppose, because they probably can uh, be involved somehow. Is there a ways yeah. people can be involved? I imagine donating to the sanctuaries and... Right. Yeah, they can donate. The sanctuaries do um, a few times a year. They will open to the public for um, to guided tours from a distance, you know, from the animals um, so that donors can see what they're contributing towards. Yep. Um, so there are a few public events like that. And we have a calendar on NAPSA's uh, website that lists all the public events at our member sanctuaries all throughout the year. So you can take a look. And if you know you're going to be in, let's say, you know, Florida, uh, you can see if there's something you might want to attend. Yeah, cool. And I, I suppose it, that if people do want to get up close and see some primates, this is the uh, way to do it rather than go to a roadside roadside barn or whatever. <laughs> roadside zoo. Yeah. Uh, yeah, hopefully there's no monkeys and apes in a barn, but don't go there either. <laughs> um, yeah, that would be good. Okay, but... so you're saying that uh, the uh, the 
pet barns in Australia. They're not um, they're not official sanctuaries. I've I'm not familiar with the phrase barn as okay. a term. I think it's a, it's actually a pet shop. I think pet barn. Okay. Oh no well, good. yeah. Anyway. Right. If I'd, someone's selling a primate, then they're not a sanctuary. Okay. Well, okay. There's a, a few little yeah. intricacies that I'm trying to get my head around there. But so if they're selling, yeah. <laughs> if there's sort of like a guy with a gavel auctioning off primates, that's right. probably not in their best interest. Yes. And, and not even probably. We can say definitely. Okay. I don't like to work in black and whites like that, but okay. in well, this I, case, maybe we can. So. Okay, great. <laughs> Um, if people want to find uh, more about primates, this podcast here, you can go to uh, at primates pod on uh, where are they? Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. <laughs> primates pod at Gmail is the email address. All of these links will be in the show description. Um, please give us a five star review on iTunes or wherever. Uh, this is to you, Erica, but also the listeners. Um, and <laughs> tell us what you think of the show. Apparently, it helps in the visibility of the podcast and helps people see that it exists, which might be fun. Um, let us know what you think about this episode if you want to hear more uh, from guests like Erica who can actually tell us real things about primates. I think I, I really enjoyed uh, talking to Erica. Thanks so much for joining us. I don't know if you've ever got to the end of an actual episode, but the guests will always uh, riff a primate-related sign-off. I pretend that we, we do it every week, but you just say whatever comes to your head. Often they're pretty awful. Something primates oh related uh, in, in, in the way of a goodbye. Uh, thank you so much for joining us, Erica. And as we always say here at Primates. Thanks for hanging around. That is good. podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network. Visit planetbroadcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates. I mean, if you want. It's up to you. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.